This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to talk some money and politics. We've got Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and we've got Monica Crowley, former assistant secretary of the Treasury and the author of the Monica Crowley podcast. Welcome, kids. I appreciate it very, very much. So I just want to talk, uh, start about the Trump um, after his indictment and after his speech at Mar-a-Lago. Anyway, Liz Peake, his polls continue to skyrocket. Uh, I saw some new stuff today. Uh, he's now up about 35 points in at least some polls against DeSantis, and he's also taken a lead uh, against Biden. Now, is this stuff going to last? Uh, and I'm particularly interested in the DeSantis story. Um, he gave a good speech Tuesday night, made some very important points. Um, but what do you think about this story? How does this change the race? Well, I mean, it changes it pretty profoundly, I'd say, because an awful lot of people in America thinks there are two systems of justice, one for people on the left and one for people on the right. And what we witnessed last week with the indictment of Donald Trump on truly frail and unworthy charges uh, kind of reinforces that view. I mean, people think this was vastly unfair. Obviously, he's raised, what, eight, nine million dollars now. Uh, off the back of this uh, indictment. But I think more more importantly, again, people across the country, whether they like him or hate him, I think they just thought, wait a minute, this is going too far. We know you hate Donald Trump, but really this is this is how this is going to play out in our justice system. So I, uh, it has given him a platform. Uh, Donald Trump thrives on grievance and uh, also on vengeance. I mean, I think he is really angry about this. I would be too. Uh, it has stirred up his base, and I don't know that that's going to go away anytime soon. Mm, interesting. You know, Monica, I thought he gave a, a good speech. Um, it is his grievance, but, you know, on the two-tiered system that, that Liz mentioned, I mean, one of the ideas here that Trump is saying is, you know, this happened to me, but it can happen to you. It can happen to you. And I think that's pretty powerful Stuff. So I wondered, uh, this really enters a whole new dimension into the GOP primary. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, Larry. And it's great to be here with you and Liz. Um, look, Donald Trump is a unique political phenomenon in American uh, political history and certainly in this moment. And one of his many superpowers is that he was able from the very beginning to forge an organic emotional bond with his voters, with the American people. Now, some people absolutely hate him, but a lot of people absolutely love him. And why is that? Because back in 2015 and 2016, he looked at the forgotten men and women in this country, and he said something very profound. He said, I see you, I hear you, and I will be your champion. And then for the next four years as president, he actually delivered for these people. And that's why that emotional bond, remember, this is not a political bond with Donald Trump or even Mm. an intellectual one. It's an emotional one. Mm. That is almost unbreakable. And it, it happened because it's organic, too, which also makes it even stronger. That is why every single time he is hit like this, he gets stronger because it's the human response to want to rally around their champion and give him some backup because they feel like he has fought for them for the last 
seven or eight years, and now they're going to step up and fight for him. Mm. So, again, you know, the, the left can't not do it, right? They cannot help themselves. They know throughout the last seven or eight years, every time they hit him, it only strengthens well, him and, 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 and burnishes yeah. his appeal. But they can't stop themselves. And now what's happening is that he is so far ahead of his nearest competitor, Governor DeSantis. I'm not quite convinced that DeSantis is actually going to get in the race uh, now. I want to you know, hang on. Could it. happen and the dynamics could change. Right. But as of this moment, Larry, it looks like Donald Trump is cruising to the nomination. I want to come back to DeSantis in a minute. But um, a question I get, uh, it's funny, I always kid this. They should move the jury because there are no Republicans in Manhattan County, New York City, except for five or six of us that have dinner at an Italian restaurant every week. And we had our dinner at the Italian restaurant on Wednesday after the Tuesday stuff. And the question that came up was, can uh, Mr. Trump get to 51 percent in the general election or, you know, 50.1 percent, whatever? Can he get there, Liz? Well, that's the question, and I think that's what Republican primary voters have to wonder about and worry about, that, yes, he's going to win the primaries maybe quite easily, but then aren't those unfavorables and the really uh, solid core of Democrats who just loathe him Mm. going to keep him from winning? I mean, what he has going for him is now they pretty much loathe Joe Biden Biden as well. If Joe Biden is the candidate uh, right now, he is not polling well with anybody. Uh, there's not going to be any great surge of enthusiasm for Joe Biden. He can't go out campaigning uh, on his own behalf. Uh, so, you know, I think he's going to play, uh, you know, we've talked about this. I think he's going to play out pretty much what he did in 2020, which is to sort of stay out of sight, let Trump create his own problems for himself, and hope voters decide that they're better off under Joe Biden. But that's the problem, Larry, for Joe Biden right now. Uh, we're not better off than we were four years ago. Very few people would say that. In 2020, he was sort of an unknown quantity in terms of how effective a president he would be. Now we know he's a terrible president, and America is suffering on all fronts, uh, and that's why his approval ratings have just been stuck in the garage. And, you know, I think I think that's where we're going to be. Well, I know. I mean, you know, Monica, in 2020 uh... – I know Liz, somebody called it the basement strategy. Yeah. But people, you know, hoped he would be more Bill Clinton. I, I, you know, a.k.a. moderate Democrat. But without question now, we know he was Bernie Sanders. And he ran against Bernie Sanders. And people, Democrats were relieved. But we know he's Bernie Sanders. Now, that changes the race, it seems to me. And it greatly weakens Biden's whole position. Yeah, because when he ran in 2020, he was able to pull the wool over everybody's eyes and position himself as some sort of moderate. And, of course, he was never a moderate, and he's certainly not a moderate in terms of governing as president. So the question is, how do they keep him back in the basement for the next campaign if, in fact, he's going to run? I'm not convinced he's running. I think he put off this uh, announcement until the fall because I think the only person who believes he's running is Joe Biden. Um, So now we're going to have to look at a different democratic landscape. Um, But look, all of the energy and activism are on the radical left. 
in that party. The, you know, the Joe Mansions of the world are few and far between because the party has had a wholesale takeover of these insane Marxists. And that's where all of the driving forces are on the left. What? So even if, if Biden runs again, he could very well be primaried by somebody on the left. I'm not saying AOC, but maybe somebody like that or maybe even her. I don't know. Well, but there is a civil war going on on the left as well as on the right. Be, be, before we take a break, uh, Liz Peek, does Robert F. Kennedy Jr. cause Biden trouble? Huh. He might. Well, you, 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 you know, Bob, Ken, I know him uh, some he used to come on my old CNBC show. He's no dummy, by the way. Well, he's no dummy. He has a really interesting, obviously very controversial view of vaccines mm. and how we treated covid. That's going to be a problem for Joe Biden, because it's pretty hard for Joe Biden to argue that his one area where he gets positive approval ratings, which is on handling covid, was actually a disaster. Our deaths uh, per thousand Americans are worse than any other developed country. And by the way, it got worse when Joe Biden took over, even though we had a vaccine. So I think if that conversation is goes public, which it really it never has, uh, that could cause Joe Biden a lot of problems. I know. I'm, I, I, who was that? Oh, I was talking to Kevin Hassett, uh, whether we should go talk to Bob Kennedy Jr., and and get him to endorse his uncle's tax cuts, the JFK tax yeah, cuts. Yeah, good idea. Okay. What, <laughs> I, I know it's a little fanciful, but we were having that conversation. Uh, let me take a quick break, ladies. Liz Peak, Fox News contributor, uh, syndicated columnist, Monica Crowley, former assistant secretary of the Treasury and author of the Monica Crowley podcast. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking money and politics with Liz Peake, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Monica Crowley, former assistant treasury secretary and author of the Monica Crowley podcast. Monica Crowley, what does Ron DeSantis do now? Well, isn't that the million-dollar question, right? <laughs> um, look, he's got this massive war chest of upwards of $200 million dollars. I'm just sitting there waiting to be used. And I think he's playing it very smart. And I think he's played it very smart all along because he understands Donald Trump is still the 800-pound gorilla in the Republican Party. And now with this indictment, it's really poured rocket fuel on the Trump campaign for 2024. So I think DeSantis is being very wise to hang back, wait. Um, the legislature is still in legis legislative session in Florida, so he is busy actually governing the state, and he's in this battle again with Disney. Um, so he is taking care of his day job, but I think he's smart to just hold back and see how all of this is going to shake out. As we said before the break, the dynamics are very fluid here with Trump and this particular indictment, but let's not forget there are a number of other investigations, including DOJ, January 6th, Georgia. And they could actually hit Trump with maybe mm. two or three additional indictments mm. coming down the pike. And that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So, look, if I'm Ron DeSantis, I've got enough money where I don't have to get out there early and start fundraising. Mm. I can afford to wait. Uh, but he's also going to be paying very close attention to these poll numbers, but, Larry. And he's seeing that Donald Trump is really taking right. off. And he doesn't want to right. poison himself for the future. Liz, you're... But I'm, I'm now, 
anointing you chief political strategist for the DeSantis <laughs> campaign. Yeah. Uh, chief political strategist. There are issues that he could take up, okay? One of the issues is the, remember the New York versus Florida, the Wall Street Journal editorial, uh, which I wrote up on a whole bunch of people. You know, you, you live in Miami, yeah. your tax rate is zero. You live in New York, it's 14.8. Uh, Florida grows faster. Florida's population is higher than New York, but the budget is 50% less than New York. I've not heard DeSantis talk about any of that stuff, and I just wonder. I understand he's in a pickle right now, and Monica's probably right. He's going to wait out the legislative session. But uh, shouldn't he be trying to develop a prosperity economic growth message? I mean, wouldn't that help him? He's got one tailor-made, but he yeah. never talks about it. I don't think the battle with Disney is going to particularly help him. Well, I, I, I totally agree with you. And, in fact, when he goes into this anti-woke stance, which he's really pushed very, very hard. I, I think that must be to gain ground with Trump voters and sort of the hard right. Uh, and, and perhaps he's looking at the primaries. But you know what? That Some of that stuff's going to cost him in the general election, I think. Mm. And boy, I think what you're talking about is absolutely the way to go right now, because not only he has the goods, he's got the message and the experience and the resume, which says, hey, I can really run a solid economy. And he talks about things that he's done in office, like, you know, no drama and, and sort of how we don't, we never have leaks and we don't have a lot of turnover. All that's very impressive. But boy, what's more impressive, everyone in New York is going to Florida and mm. there's a reason for that. Mm. So he should talk about that, especially Larry, because I think there's really a good chance uh, a lot of this campaign is going to go on with a saggy, uh, soggy and dis- declining economy. So, that's going to be an awful lot of the battle in 2024 is who has the better economic plan, and Florida does. So why not talk about it? Yeah, what do you think about that, Mike? I mean, I think I really think that's DeSantis's best card to play. I don't, I don't think fighting Walt Disney and can, yeah. cancel culture, you know, look, he could appear. But that's Trump's base. He's not going to out-Trump on that stuff. He, he needs to shift gears. Otherwise, maybe you're going to be right, and he just isn't going to run at all. And Nikki Haley will be around, and I don't know, somebody else will be around. But Trump's going to wind up winning the primaries easily. Look, I think any Republican candidate who's seeking the presidential nomination needs to be talking about an economic agenda. That is a pro-growth economic agenda of tax cuts, regulatory relief, unleashing our great energy sector, fair trade deals. It's basically the Trump pro-growth economic policy. Uh, Ron DeSantis has such a record in Florida. Florida is booming. It is thriving thanks to his steady hands on, on the economic levers of that state. So he's got a great economic story to tell. And honestly, I think that there are going to be many factors that go into this election next year, but the economy is going to be the driving force. Mm. Most people expect some sort of a recession by the end of this year going into next year, whether it's mild or deep or protracted or short, nobody knows. But a lot of people are anticipating a softening of the economy. And so this is going to be fertile ground for a pro-growth economic message. People vote on how things directly relate to them. So uh, all of these candidates should be talking economy and how they bring this country back. The problem for the rest of them is that Donald Trump has such an extraordinary economic record 
thanks to you and others, Secretary Mnuchin and others, that he's got a full advantage on that. Others might have a great track record like Ron DeSantis in a state, but Donald Trump brought the economy back not once, but twice. Mm. First when he came in after eight years of Obama and then after the unprecedented lockdowns of COVID. So, you know, he can say, look, I did it twice. Here's how I'm going to do it a third time. And that message blows everybody else out. So, so Liz, I think, uh, I think we have to turn Robert Kennedy Jr. into a JFK supply (laughs) side. Let's see. Let's have them battling, Larry, on who can go to the lowest tax rates, the best tax program. Yes. That's a great idea. Yes. That's what, Uh, that's my vision. That's my vision. I don't think anybody else shares that vision, but that's, that's Hey, I my, think you should have him on the show. That's, you know. Yeah, you know what? I, 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 I used to talk to him a lot, uh, years ago on the other, sh- back at CNBC. Uh, it was mostly about climate. Uh, he's a big climate guy. Okay. But on these other issues, he may be a whole lot more moderate. He may not be a Bernie Sanders Democrat. That's the yeah. interesting thing. I, I don't know. Right now he's a, I guess he's running to keep New Hampshire as the first in the nation primary. That's his big issue. I, I want to just weigh in on one with one comment. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a brand new CNN poll out that shows only a third of Americans say that Joe Biden deserves to be reelected. Mm-hmm. And we can all talk about all the reasons for that. But you guys are right that he definitely ran as a moderate. He also ran as someone who was going to bring our country together. And I really can't think of a president who's been more divisive, who has been more insulting to people who voted for the other candidate. You know, I think I think the whole image of Joe Biden has changed. He's not a nice man. And I think, uh, you know, you can look at all the kind of in-depth polls that talk about dishonesty and things mm-hmm. like that. I don't think people like him very much anymore. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, Monica, he's a lot. It's funny. All these headlines I saw how the Democrats covet the fact that uh, Trump is winning the primaries and he's the easiest guy for Biden to beat. You sure? I mean, I'm going to take the under on that. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Right. Isn't that true in life? It's certainly true in politics, right? Um, And look, they they thought that Donald Trump was going to be the candidate easily to beat in 2016. Mrs. Clinton was riding high Mm. and she was already planning, you know, her second term. And Donald Trump, uh, you know, surprised everybody. So, look, I, I think you I think the left continues to underestimate Donald Trump. And, you know, they're going to war with him in every possible way, as they have for the last several years to try to stop him. And again, I think that only makes them stronger. But I also think that given the faltering economy, you know, you don't have to and you don't you no longer have to go back 40 years to the Reagan era, also you were a part of, Larry, for a touchstone of a strong economy. You no longer have to go back in your memory and back in time. You only have to go back two and a half years Mm. to remember a booming economy pre-COVID. And now look at the the economic catastrophe that we're facing, which is only going to get worse over the next year and a half. And I think that is really going to play into any Republican's hands. But certainly Donald Trump, I think, has the advantage on that issue. I, I think uh, I think one factor was Alvin Bragg forgot to charge Trump with a crime. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Notice that he forgot the crime part. Well, I mean, he, he, huh. he has made sort of a mockery yeah. of his entire 
uh, legal vendetta against Donald Trump. And I think it seriously weakens and undermines the other legal problems that that Donald Trump has. Monica's right. There are a bunch of them coming. And I I do think that the strategy of Democrats now is just to keep those headlines coming. The fact that the next hearing in this trial isn't until December sort of says it all, right? I mean, how could possibly that be necessary? Why don't they just get this thing done? Well, they don't want to. They want to have a cascade of of indictments and charges and so forth coming out, because that is the only way I'm sure they think that Joe Biden can win. I mean, he's going to be kind of under the radar. In fact, the New York Times had a headline the other day about, you know, Team Biden, not thrilled, but it was sort of pleased to be under the radar. They should be. My favorite is the judge gave $15 to the Democratic Party, yeah, to Joe yeah, Biden. Yeah. $15 lets disqualify. Monica Crowley, thank you so much. Liz Peek, as always, thank you. Folks, I'll be back next weekend. I'm Kudlow. Thank you. Yeah, I had it.